Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 86 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony, and it's going to be a good week this week, I think. I'm excited just because I've had a ridiculously busy week this week. That's good. I ha- I've had a busy week, but it has. this is like one of the first weeks it's not been ridiculously busy. So... My biz, the business I work for, we had our most busy year ever in 2019. Uh huh. And then pandemic happened in 2020. This week feels like, has felt like, um, most busy time of our most busy year, 2019. Oh, wow. It's like just, <laughs> I, I, it takes, it took me today, it took me three hours to catch up from emails sent overnight. Wow. And also, like, as things come in today, so it's not just overnight stuff, but, like, it took me three hours to get to the point where there was nothing new to take care of today. Yeah. So, been busy, um, but it's good. Busy is good. Yes, that it is. The, the theory is if you're busy, you stay out of trouble, but um, uh, that's yet to be seen, I think. I can so. prove that theory false. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that speaking from experience, or... Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's how my week's gone. Yes. Anthony, how about you, man? Man, we're we're one and the same. Uh, we've been really busy at work. We have, uh, you know, growing the company and, and adding locations and all that has has led to new challenges and new opportunities, and and it has also led to um, record sales for us. So we have been we've been doing uh, record business, and obviously because we've picked up, you know, more. More salespeople, we've picked up more inventory, all the things that are required to run a business, and uh, we just added to it. So, well, that's just good. leads to busy times. Yeah. But uh, I'm always glad to take a break on a Thursday night and drink a couple of beers and talk about the Bible. And that's what we're going to do tonight, just like we have like 85 previous episodes. We yep. have this thing that we do called Beers and Bible. And so that's what we're going to do again tonight. And it's going to be a good time. Yep. Michael, what are you going to drink tonight? So tonight I am going to um, try a new brewery out. I have found uh, from the Wild Leap uh, Brewing Company or Craft Beer Company um, that's kind of one and the same, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, They are based in, I think I saw LaGrange, Georgia. That's right. Um, And I have the Lemonade Sour Ale. Um, it is a sour ale with, um, Meyer lemon, vanilla bean, and milk sugar. Um, ABV is five and a half percent and there are 12 IBUs, um, available year round. 
and um, yeah, that's pretty much all all I got. It's I am coming. I I have come to grips with the fact that I like sour ales. I enjoy. You do like sours. I, I enjoy sours, and I've been seeing wild leaps in pretty much uh, every package store around. And so I mm. saw this one. I went to a somewhat different store. Well, it was a different store, not somewhat different than I usually go to again, but a different one than the one from last week. There's too many stores. <laughs> um, but anyway, I went to a different store this week and and saw this and so I thought that it looked good. So um, that's know, what I've got. That's the that's one of the things that I miss about uh, North Georgia is all of the plethora of available package stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I places feel, that sell beer. I feel like once I get to the end of one package, I've got three or four that I frequent just because uh-huh. of either uh, convenience or I just want to tr- go to a different place or something like that. Um, but their variety is very wide, and I'm very thankful for that. It makes picking yeah. a beer sometimes difficult. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but but I don't think I'm ever going to run out of options. Like it, it'll I'd, take me a lifetime to even put a drop, like even to yeah. to even make a dent in it. So it's that's and that's what's fun. Like I found, I have one grocery store near me that has a a good beer selection, and now I walk in, I'm like, done that, done that. Mm-hmm. Done, I you know I've hit basically every brewery that they carry now. So I've either got to duplicate breweries. Mm-hmm. Or hope that they have something like just off the wall, right? Like a one shot, uh, yeah, yeah, different. I mean, I Every went. We I were in, in. We were in Walmart yesterday, and I thought I, I've got to get something for tomorrow. Let me just because I hadn't got this yet, so I, I went and looked. And I was like, eh, none of the breweries that we've done here, I remember being all that great, and I don't want to risk it. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe at some point we need to start looking for bad beer. Maybe we need to do a. Like a like an intentionally bad beer, and see if it's that bad. I don't know. We're gonna have a string of of uh, one star, one Luther half Luthers, half Luther beers. So, but I've got the lemonade sour ale from Wild Leap. What do you have, Anthony? So tonight, um, a friend of the podcast, his name is Tyler. Um, he brought me one from a Trader Joe's. They went to uh, they went on a trip and stopped at a Trader Joe's, and he said, "I'm gonna bring you this one back." And I was like, "Cool, I'll drink it." Uh, because I'm never going to turn down a beer. So thanks, Tyler, for that. But he brought Especially me... Especially free beer. Free beer is the best beer. Um, this is called Trader Jose Dark Premium Beer. And it is... I'm assuming... The can is brown, so I can't really tell, but I'm assuming it's basically an amber lager, which I, I am a fan of amber lagers. I do love them. Uh, so that's probably why he got it for me, uh, because he does uh, listen to all the episodes... And he's a super fan. Good job, Tyler. Um, and so we're going to see how it turns out. Um, I read reviews on this one to see how it goes. And so they make two different versions of this. They make just the regular Trader Jose, and then they make Trader Jose Dark. Um, regular Trader Jose, people are not big fans of that one. Um, but the Jose Dark has, has got a little bit more, a little bit higher reviews. Everybody's given a little bit uh, bigger bigger marks, higher marks. And so, uh, since I am an Amber fan, I'm hoping that the, uh, the higher marks are going to turn into good Luther ratings for me. So there's only one way to find out how these beers taste and that's to crack them open and drink them. So without further ado, shall we? Let's do it. Three, two, one, 
been a while since I actually had a uh, bottle. I about to say, our sounds are going to be different because I had a can. Ooh, that's fruity. So the smell of this one is actually not what I was expecting from a, a dark from a lager. So I know why this one is called lemonade. Because it smells like lemonade? It looks like lemonade. I'll get it poured up. It's got no foam. I mean, it looks just like... Dude, that... Like straight lemonade like, is what like that looks like. Like a little carbonated lemonade. Um, just smells like lemon beer, which I like lemonade. The regular beverage, I've never had this one, so... Yeah. This one, the malts are... The malt smell is really strong in this one. Would this qualify as like a big box kind of situation? Is Trader it Joe's might. big box enough to? I mean, I'm sure they outsource that to somebody else. Yeah, but. they do. They outsource it. I saw it somewhere. It's like it's brewed by some company in Mexico for Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is in California, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think Trader Joe's has their own like brewery. So it probably is a little bit more big box than what we're used to, but I wouldn't say it's the biggest box. Oh, no. I mean, done. it's not going to be like, it's not uh, Corona or no. Yingling or, I mean, even for that matter, the Kalik was probably a bigger box than yes. Trader Joe's would be. Yes. Just because of who owns Kalik. But it is dark. Oh, that's a dark one. That's That looks it nice. Is super dark. Uh, a we're lot on, more dark than a, like an amber beer would be. Yeah, so We're on opposite ends of the spectrum tonight. <laughs> Welp. Let's uh, let's turn them up and give them a rating and uh, see how they treat us. All right, bottoms up. Bottoms up. Oh yeah. I see five losers written on your face. <laughs> yep, it's hard to hide that. I wasn't even looking at your face because I was just. <laughs> <laughs> reveling in the greatness that this beer is. <laughs> the lemonade beer? Yeah. Um, well, go ahead and give yours five Luthers, and then I'll go. Yeah, so mine's really good. Uh, five Luthers all day. It's a very lemonade. Like, the lemonade flavor is spot on, a thousand percent. Mm. Um, but it does have that sour, uh, like, a sour ale taste that's pretty... I, I feel like sours are pretty standard like the final texture is is pretty universal um right. this almost tastes like um you know those uh like wellness shots those little like that are they're like super high in either vitamin c or ginger or whatever you know those oh, things yeah. those like like, like b12 like, shots like, or whatever no they're like antioxidant oh, uh, yeah. juice shots whatever mm -hmm. it almost has that kind of flavor profile to it but mm -hmm. it's still like, but I mean, it could be like five hour energies. No, it, it's like you would find it in like the juice section at the store. Uh, it's it's going to be with like the kombucha and stuff like that. Say hoochah what? Kombucha? <laughs> you, you don't I've know I've never that had is? kombucha. Dude, it'll mess you up if you ain't careful. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, well, I'm um, try that. <laughs> um, but this is very good. Five Luthers all day. Lemonade flavors on point. Um, very light. And, uh, but the sour the sour flavor is also mm -hmm. very good. So nice. five Luthers and uh, Wild Leap has nailed it, and I can't wait to try um, more flavors, more of their more of their beer. Sweet. So how is the Trader Joe's 
Mexican it's tra- lager. It's Trader Jose. Get it right. Oh, I'm sorry. How's the Trader Jose? <laughs> How is that not cultural appropriation? Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> it is absolute cultural appropriation. A, a bunch, so. a bunch of, a bunch of suits sitting around a table. Man, we can't just call this Trader Joe's because it's Mexican lager. What can we do? <laughs> like if they just completely changed the name to something else, I would, I would be okay. But like, just oh, let's just switch the E and the S. No one will know. <laughs> Everyone knows Trader Joe's. For that, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna give your beer two Luthers, and I'm not even gonna you, taste it. You lose one Luther for cultural <laughs> appropriation. But, but seriously, how's your beer? So this is uh, for I'll say this for a box beer uh, for something that's bigger. This is actually a little better than I was expecting. Okay. Um, Our expectations were low on box beers, just they, for they, the record. They, yeah, they typically are. I don't ever expect any kind of mass produced nationwide, you know, anything like that. I don't ever expect it to be higher than a three Luthers. Um, this is a little bit better than that. It's got really rich flavor. Um, it reminds me a little bit of a beer that I like called Shinerbach, which is only made in Texas. Okay. Uh, they sell it everywhere. Um, and it's a, it's a bigger box beer, but it's, um, it's so good that Aldi makes one called the Bach is what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't think I've ever had Shiner Bach, but I see it everywhere. So it, it's it is, good. It, it's a it's a rich beer. It's good for you know just sitting sitting around and relaxing. Um, but this reminds me of a little bit of that, but it still has that kind of lager uh, texture to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm a little torn because it's not it's not like holy smokes that's really good, but it's also not like eh, that's, that's you know that's terrible. Um, it's it's a good mixture of in between. So I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna give this thing three and a half Luthers. Okay, is where I'm gonna come in at. When you when you were talking, I I think I I think we've each figured out kind of a, <laughs> based on how the beginning of the discussion goes mm-hmm. where we're where each other's gonna land. I kind of knew you were gonna hit three and a half. So yep. So it's better than I expected. So it's not a three. Um, but it's just it's just I mean it's just regular beer. That's that's what it is. It's just yeah. regular beer. It is, it is what it is. Better flavor. It is what it is, and it's and it's good at being what it yeah. is. Yeah, um, a six pack of these would be nice. You know, throw them in a cooler. Mm-hmm. But there's no Trader Joe's around me, so I yeah. won't. I won't be getting any more. <laughs> I will. I will say this. Um, I my taste for big box beer has gone way down in the last yes. two years, two plus years, um, and. When I am out somewhere and that's all that's available, I seriously contemplate not drinking beer at all. <laughs> that that's that's how much has changed. Like two two and a half years ago, I'd be like, sure, Budweiser's fine or you know Coors even or whatever. But now I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm almost a beer snob. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, <laughs> to to uh, to add to that point, so I was having a conversation with another guy at work today, and uh, and. He said something about the podcast, and he's like, "Well, I mean, you know, Anthony has the podcast, and he's like, he's like a a beer guy, like he mm-hmm. knows beer." And I was like, "Well, I wouldn't say that I know beer, but you know, okay." And he's like, "The the what is the beers and Bible podcast?" I was like, "Yes, the beers and Bible podcast." He's like, "What do you do?" I was like, "We drink beer and we talk about the Bible. That's, you know, that's what we do." <laughs> you should have like, said something like, "We we <laughs> review bear attack videos for comedic value." <laughs> We should do that one time. That would be amazing. But, but this guy, this guy at work, he's like, "Yeah, man, I ain't drinking with Anthony because he's got all these like <laughs> highfalutin beers that he does." On the, he's like, 
He's like, you ought to listen every week because he does all these crazy beers. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't think it was that crazy. But yeah, it was funny. I mean, you did have a habanero <laughs> apricot weed a few weeks ago. I, I um, did have that. So, so uh, yeah, that's uh, now I'm apparently known as the guy, the actual beer snob around work. I, I don't drink the regular people beer. I drink the snobby beer. What's funny is, isn't your all-time favorite yingling? Like yes, forever and always yingling. <laughs> If if I go to the store, I'm buying Yingling and then whatever I'm drinking for the podcast. <laughs> I like Yingling too, and that's something Anthony is. Anthony actually turned me from the Budweiser to Yingling guy, so you can thank thanks Anthony. Hey, Yingling, it, I I should get like a free six pack for that or something. Come on now, <laughs> Shoot, I should get a free six pack. Anyway, um, so there's our beer review for the week. Um, now that we've done with uh, done that done with that session section segment, that's the word. Um, <laughs> now that we're done with that segment, we're going to continue our discussion in First Peter uh, chapter three. Um, we're trucking right along and, and picking them up and putting them down. And um, tonight we're going to move into verses uh, ten through seventeen of First Peter three. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to dive into the Bible. Michael is uh, is downing his Wild Leap lemonade, and I'm almost done with my Trader, culturally appropriated Trader Jose. I'm going to be opening another lemonade here in a second, just FYI. Yep. I did. I went and grabbed me another one uh, from, from the one I did last week, the pineapple one. Oh, nice. The, uh, from Candelier. So I'm probably nice. going to crack that one open here in a little nice. while, too. I'm going to wait for you to finish reading before I crack mine open. <laughs> We're at least going to get a little bit in the Bible before we drink more beer. Let's do that. So we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to go uh, verses 10 through 17 of chapter 3. We uh, we covered the massive text of 8 and 9 last week. Um, and and uh, we're going we're gonna to move a little bit quicker this week because we're kind of closing out um, this argument here. Um because Peter started it all by saying, finally, all of you, and then, uh, and then just gave us a, a kind of two verses of just straight fire. Um, so we're going to pick up verse 10. We're going to go through verse 17 tonight. So if you have your copy of God's Word, I will encourage you to pick it up and uh, read along with us. With us. So I'm going to pick up here in verse 10. It says this, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are upon are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, 
having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Mm. So Peter is, uh, he's kind of wrapping up this argument, uh, really not this argument, this kind of exhortation that he's been given to all these different people over the last kind of two chapters. And if this is if this is where the book of Peter stops, mm-hmm. uh, like to me, this is like, boom, lay it down. Now he's going to keep going, and we kind of when we talked about the very beginning, verse eighteen. <clears throat> when we get to verse eighteen next week, that's one of my favorite uh, verses in all of the Bible. So mm-hmm. can't wait to get to that one. But but he is he is laying out. The, the kind of conclusion of what he's already said to all these different mm-hmm. groups of people here. Yeah, it's it's he's kind of like putting a bow on this whole idea, and I think you've brought it up the um, the theology of suffering. Yeah, he's he's kind of saying, you know, now that I've said all that, here's kind of the here's the Cliff Notes version of what I just said. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> what Peter's giving here, and it's you know he's really saying, you know, Christian, you should expect suffering. Yeah. If that's God's, and if that's God's will for you, then if it, you know, if that happens, then that's God's will for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised when suffering happens, and it's not anything of our own doing. It's not because of, it's not necessarily because of our actions, but that's it's because that is God's will for our life. Yeah, which is a very hard thing to reconcile when you when you say things like. God is love and God is mercy and God is mm-hmm. gracious and but also sometimes suffering is part of the story. Yeah. So I was actually it, it's funny cuz um I at the church that I attend we're doing a uh like I guess you call it a reading club. Not that anybody is surprised that I would nice that I would be in a reading club. Um but the book for this month is a book uh it's by a Puritan author called uh his name is Thomas Hobbes. And it's called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. And in this book, he basically talks about things that Satan uses to attack us and then how we as Christians can combat that and and the attitudes that we should carry and and the mindset that we should carry. Mm -hmm. And and he actually talks about, um, in in the, the section I was reading earlier this morning, he talks about, you know, just because something bad happens doesn't mean that that is a bad thing. You know, and he says, take, for example, and he gives the story of a guy who breaks his leg and can't go, it's a sailor, and he breaks his leg and he can't go on a a voyage. Okay, and then during that voyage, the whole ship sinks and everybody on the ship dies. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, his point is, if that guy wouldn't have broken his leg, he would have died. Right. And so, you know, just because you're... And I'm going to do this air scare quotes. Suffering doesn't mean that it's necessarily something bad. It understand that it hurts and it's painful. It, but life is painful, you know that. It, and and the the less we expect life to be this grand and glorious thing, the more prepared we are mentally mm-hmm. to accept suffering when it comes. Yeah. You know, you're talking right there. I I I immediately think of the beginning of James. Yeah, where he says, "Consider it great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials." And that suffering can be, you know, put in there for trials. Yeah. And James is saying, 
he, he and I, scripture is written in such a way to where like it is meticulous and um, thought out and I think every single word is there for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. James says, consider it great joy whenever. He doesn't say mm-hmm. if, he doesn't say should you, he doesn't say you may, maybe you will, maybe you won't. He says whenever yeah. you experience various trials. So believer, when you're going through suffering, it's an opportunity for you to glorify God. It's offer it's opportunity for you to find your joy in Jesus and not in anything you've done or anything of your own merit. But yeah. it but there's also a purpose. The purpose is to strengthen your faith. The purpose is to mm-hmm. uh, prepare you for something greater. That story that Anthony just told told us: guy breaks his leg, can't go on a voyage, whole ship sinks, and everyone dies. Mm-hmm. That dude gets to live his life now. Yeah. And, and, you know, God, I'm sure, I don't know if it's a true story or not. If it is, God uses that guy to do other, something else that yeah. he did. He didn't need him on that boat. Yeah. So when, when God breaks your leg, he doesn't, he doesn't need you on the boat. <laughs> maybe that's the, maybe that's the point. I don't know. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk, let's walk through this, this, uh, section of scripture here. Let's pick it up. Verse 10. Um, Peter is coming off of what we read last week, and he is um, so just to kind of to to prep you into the context here. He's saying, "Don't repay evil for evil, but we're called to bless, um, and so we're called to bless so that we can be a blessing." And then he goes into verse ten, which is this citation of Psalm thirty-four. Which, if you've never read Psalm thirty-four, totally want to encourage you to do that because it is a fantastic psalm. Uh, in fact, Shane and Shane wrote a song about it called Psalm 34, and you can go listen to that too. Um, Taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 37, 34, 7. Um, but he is... <laughs> Sorry, that just makes me think of a Tim Hawkins bit where he um, he's trying to remember his favorite Bible verse, which is Psalm 34, 7, uh-huh. but he can't remember the reference, so he writes Psalm 38, 7 <laughs> on his signature, and that has something to like. Um, it is the verse is basically like take word of my, um, or lo, I have a painful disease in my loins. Is, is the is the verse? <laughs> so you say in Psalm thirty four seven made me think of that Tim Hawkins bit. Sorry, um, nice. sorry to <laughs> hashtag Tim Hawkins. Get off get off track there for a Met second. That guy so one time. Anyway, so we're <clears throat> citing Psalm thirty four and and we're specifically Peter is drawing from uh, verses twelve through sixteen right here. Um. And, and, you know, when you think of the context that David's in, David's in a struggle there. He's going through the trials um, with Saul. He's going, you know, we don't have to recap the, the struggles of David. We know those pretty, pretty clearly. Um, but in the midst of all of this, what Peter is drawing out is that, you know, we should desire to love life. We should desire to see good days. And we do that by keeping our tongue from evil, which is, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up James, because the book of James starts with when you face trials of many kinds, and then you get on into chapter 3, and James calls the tongue, you know, basically an unbridled sword. Yeah. And, and so you have, to, you have to keep the tongue. So the message of Scripture is clear all the way through, from, from Psalm to First Peter to James. The message of Scripture is clear all the way through. Um, so... What Peter is mentioning here, what he's what he's kind of foreshadowing is is a future reward. 
Mm-hmm. He's talking about, you know, we don't live our life uh, for this world. We don't live our life for the rewards of this world. Uh, we live our life for things that are to come later in in eternity. Yeah. And that is to be the goal and what we strive for as Christians. And so much of what Michael and I have said, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last few weeks is this this is what the Christian worldview teaches us. Everything that we do in this life is not for this life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. everything is for number one, the glory of God, and then number two, to you know what the what the gospels tell us is we store up our treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. We don't store up treasures here. Right. We may be wealthy here. We may have uh, wealth on the earth, but that does not that is not our treasure. Right. We don't cling to our wealth here. Yeah. And the in your anything you accumulate here doesn't doesn't go with you. I mean, even even if they put it in the box with you when they put you in the ground, it's not with you because you're not there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And so what what it should do is lead us into this mentality and this attitude of of doing the right thing, having right conduct. Mm. And this is a theme that is carried throughout all of the book of 1 Peter. <clears throat> And a guy named uh, one of the guys the the commentaries that I've used in this study is is a guy named Wayne Grudem, and he put together this chart on this theme of like how we're supposed to live, what is our right conduct, and what is the result mm-hmm. of that right conduct. Yeah. So, you know, chapter one, verse eight, he says, "By loving Christ, we gain unutterable joy." Mm-hmm. You know, chapter one, verse nine, we continue in the faith; we have more benefits in salvation. Um, chapter 1, verse 17, we live a holy life with fear, and then what we do is we avoid the discipline of God, right? Take us through some of those in chapter 2. Yeah, so uh, chapter 2, verse 2, if we partake of the spiritual milk of God's Word, um, we grow we grow up toward salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, uh, we trust God, and we do right while suffering. So, again, like you just said, Scripture all ties back in together. Mm-hmm. So Peter's already mentioned suffering. So if we trust God and do right while suffering, our re- resulting blessing is God's approval. Yeah. Um, I'll just keep going, I guess. Um, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If wives submit to their husbands, husbands can be one for Christ. In chapter 3, verse 7, if um, husbands live considerately with their wives, their prayers won't be hindered. Um, you want to close us out with those? Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, we're going to roll on, and you're going to hear these in chapters 4 and 5. Um, in chapter 4, we're going to hear about enduring reproach for, for Christ. Um, basically, people are going to heap reproach on Christians. I don't think I have to give any current examples of that. Um <clears throat> And the result is that the spirit of glory and the spirit of God will rest upon you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in chapter 5, verse 7, we're going to talk about casting our cares onto God, casting the, the, the problems of this world to God, and then he will care for us. Uh, and then to round out chapter 5, we're going to resist the devil, and then God will restore, establish, and strengthen us. And so we're mm. going to see this theme of, of the conduct that we carry, what we have, results in a in a blessing in mm-hmm. this life and yeah. and the blessings 
Notice none of those blessings that we listed in this are you're going to get more money, you're going to get more fame, you're going to get more wealth. You know, none of that was materialistic blessings. You're going to get yeah. God's approval. You're going to get your prayers are not going to be hindered. Mm-hmm. Um, your needs will be cared for, so you will be taken care of. But you you don't necessarily you're not guaranteed that you're going to live this uh, luxurious and wealthy lifestyle. Yeah, I would I would be curious how like prosperity gospel preachers or teachers. I hesitate to call them preachers because <laughs> they're not preaching. Anyway, I wouldn't even call them teachers, well, honestly. But people who proclaim the prosperity gospel. How's there that? you go. There you um, go. <laughs> I would be interested to see how they would react to this this specific chart. Um, most of them would say that we we don't have the correct interpretation here. We're we're not uh, interpreting that correctly. You know, um, so, but I, I, I believe that our, the view that we're taking here is one that is more consistent with the teachings of scripture from Mm -hmm. Genesis to Revelation. Gotcha. And I think we've, I think we've tied that together. So, right. Okay. Um, So, so we have those and then we're going to talk about, um, the context here of, of Psalm and of first Peter is focusing on contentment. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what Peter is driving at here. Um, that's what the psalmist was driving at, is finding your contentment in God. That's also what Paul was talking about when he wrote Philippians 4.13. Um, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. And um, sorry, I didn't quote that right, did I? <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but... So, so we have this idea of finding our contentment in Christ, mm-hmm. and then we're going to transition down into verses 13 through 15. Yeah. So take us, take us a little bit into verses 13 through 15. Yeah, so in verses 13 through 15, we really see for the first time, hello, um, that persecution is really discussed as like a central point of the uh, what Peter is saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse 13 opens up with this rhetorical question, and my version says, who will harm you if you are deeply committed to what is good? Um, And this sets up the responses of 14 and 15, um, where Peter says, if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be disturbed, but honor the Messiah as Lord in your hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, Have no fear of them is speaking directly of those who would, could, probably are persecuting you. Yeah. Um, like Peter is saying, you guys are, you guys are going to be persecuted. Um, but you should not, but the, you have no fear. You shouldn't have fear of them because you are in, if you're in Christ, you have nothing, like there's nothing to fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, Peter in this section, he, he is going to transition from, and, and really, throughout the whole book up to this point, it's kind of been a, if this happens, when this happens, you know, if this happens, mm-hmm. should this, th- that you know, it's been kind of this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypothetical. Like, hypothetical thing up until this point. And then in verse 16, you're actually going to hear him go from, um, I think it's verse 16. Having a coach. Yeah. So verse 16, he says, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to talk about that in here in just a little bit, but yeah. he's making the transition, so he's bringing the idea of persecution. Yeah, 
to the forefront of the conversation. Yeah, he's he's transitioning from uh, hypothetical situations in chapter two, the first part of chapter three, where he's transitioning here to um, the anticipation anticipated suffering that is yeah. likely coming, and, and he's trying to prepare his readers for it. Yeah, um, I mean, and and even in the reality of of this time for Peter's readers. They were probably in the middle of the mm. persecution. Yeah. You know, you think about this was written in the late '60s. I mean, that's the that's the end of Nero. That's the the burning of Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all of these things that led to persecution of Christians in the in the Near Eastern world. There in the near right. Near Eastern culture. Um, that I mean, this is this is a reality for a lot of these people. And and I know I, I'm gonna. I always, I think every episode I have to say this. I'm going to say something controversial, but um, you know, American Christians, we think we're being persecuted right now. When the reality is, no, we're not even close. Right. You know, are we having some things that aren't going our way? Yes. Are you know, are are people, are we beginning to see the beginning of marginalization? I would say we're on the edges of of seeing marginalization happen, but we are no, we are not anywhere near outright flat persecution yet. Yeah. Um, talk to people in China. Talk to people in Iran. Um, talk, talk to, talk like, to people in Africa. <laughs> pastors in Canada getting yeah. arrested for having a service. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that guy is way closer than we are, mm-hmm. and and I would even argue that that even that guy is not a hundred percent being persecuted yet. Right. Um. You know, and, and there may be some people who disagree agree with me on that one, but I and I don't don't hear me the wrong way. What is being done to him is a grave injustice. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a grave injustice. But but you know, at this point, all he's done is been arrested. You know, yes, he's separated from his family. Yes, it's wrong. I, I completely agree. But it's, with all but it's of that. not like Christians in the Middle East who get beheaded for their faith yes. or thrown off exactly. buildings or yeah. or whatever. Yeah, totally understand. Yeah. So nobody is being crucified in public yet. Right. So so let's let's just tame down our our we're being persecuted talk there for a minute. Sorry, yeah. I'll just get off that boat. No, you're good. So so in <laughs> verse four, so in verse fourteen, Peter says, "Have no fear in them." Um, but in verse fifteen, that is because you know we have no fear. We have no yeah. I'm sorry. We have no fear of those who persecute us. Mm-hmm. Verse fifteen, Peter gives us an alternative to fear, which is focus. Yes. Um, when you and I think it's something. When you take your energy off of one thing, you need to put it on something else. Mm-hmm. And Peter is saying, look, you don't have to fear them. Instead, focus on Jesus. Yeah. Focus on what he's done for you. Focus on the, the, the good things that he's done for you and honor him. That's what yeah. he says. Honor the Messiah as Lord in your hearts. Um, always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Um, and, and this is really this transition to um, apologetics. Mm-hmm. Which is which is you know Peter Peter's going from you're going to get persecuted, don't be afraid, focus on Jesus, and then like witness to people, yeah, in, in your suffering. So it, it's yeah. it's a crazy uh, flow of things that Peter is Peter's going through here, and he's doing it in like three verses. Yeah. He's doing a lot <laughs> in three verses. So um, he really is. And and you know you you said the word apologetics and of course everybody everybody knows the word or you've at least heard the word apologia 
or uh, it's the Greek word that that comes from or generates the the English word apologetics. See, what I've and, learned in eighty six episodes is not to try to pronounce Greek or Hebrew. <laughs> Just let you do it because I'm not the I'm not the uh, schooled one. So I was gonna say apologia. Apologia? Apologia. Apologia. See, the second time, I still screwed it up. So (laughs) I've learned my lesson. I will let you You could say apologia if you wanted to. I will let you pronounce those. Um, I don't want to sound dumb is basically what what (laughs) it boils down to. Tomato, tomato. I mean, you could say it either way. Um, But this word, it, it, it really carries two different types of connotations with it. Um, one of them is a very technical, a legal term, uh, and the other version is a more informal kind of um, general talk. I mean, I guess you could almost say slang. Um, and and so, not quite to slang. I'm just, you know, trying to draw a contrast here. But because of Peter's inclusive, like, we're talking about all people here, you know, we start off the section to everyone. Um, this inclusion of, of all the people that he's been talking to over the time kind of leads us to a more informal understanding of, of what he's talking about when he talks about apologetics. So, with that said, mm. apologetics is not something that is for people who have read tons and tons of big books and know how to cite and quote and all that kind of stuff. That is not what apologetics is for. Apologetics is for every Christian to engage in. It's for the layman. And it's it's a layman thing, and and apologetics is something everybody thinks apologetics is what you do when you're on a stage debating an atheist or something like that. That that is a form of apologetics, but it is not apologetics. I contend to this day that the vast majority of apologetics is done in sitting in a bar with two friends talking. It's done mm-hmm. sitting in an office, you know, break room with two coworkers having a conversation and one coworker saying, man, I've got to tell you about what Christ has done in my life. And I've got to tell you about this. And I've got to tell you why it is this way mm-hmm. and why I believe what I believe. That is what the root core fundamental, uh, you know, system of apologetics is built on because, mm. and it says it right here in verse 15, it says that you are to make a defense to anyone who asks of you, the reason for the hope that is within you, mm-hmm. yet do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah. You know, mm. when people say, why is it that you are the way that you are, you you tell them, this is why I'm this way because Christ has made me a new creation. I'm this way because of what this, the Holy Spirit of God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and, and the best defense you can put up is your own personal testimony mm. because that's something that people cannot refute. They can't say, nope, that didn't happen to you. Oh, are you sure about that? Because I was there when it happened to me, and you yeah. weren't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the apologetics you were just talking about. <coughs> excuse me. The apologetics you were just talking about sounds a lot like the um, relationship forming that we've talked about in the past, where people <gasps> want to have like, I'm like put on my shocked face. You should do it. Um, <laughs> no, but people want to have like these relationships with people before they want to know like like it's it's very important to talk about Jesus yes mm-hmm. but it's in order to get to that point there's got to be a relationship 
Yes. Um, and this informal thing, informal apologetics, like I don't think you can have that informal discussion about Jesus without having the so uh, somewhat of a relationship with the other yeah. person. Like the 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 complete stranger apologetics mm-hmm. of yesteryear, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think those are effective anymore. I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's I mean there's God can still do whatever He wants, however He wants. Yeah. But by and large, our our conversations about Jesus need to come from our relationships with other people, not the other way around. Right. Right. Um. You know, it's it's interesting that that the groups that still do the whole like door to door knocking on doors and stuff like that are groups that really haven't embraced the the cultural idea of of what scripture teaches us is, mm-hmm. is hospitality, you know. Yeah. Um I I still remember the the first house that me and my wife bought when we were um when we were just married it was very close to a Jehovah's Witness church, mm. and and uh, I could just about bank on if it was a sunny Saturday, I knew the Jehovah's Witnesses were gonna were gonna be coming around, and so I would make it a point to try to cut my grass while they were coming around, um, to the point where I would take extra long if I knew they were coming. <laughs> And so I would be outside uh, mm-hmm. when they, because they'll, they'll come up and talk to you if you're outside mm-hmm. uh, every single time. And sometimes they'll knock on your door, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just drop a drop a tract or whatever. But, but man, I always wanted to be outside, and I always wanted to have conversations with them because it was for me. It was this is terrible to say, but it was fun um, <laughs> because <laughs> because I would ask them questions so, that I knew they couldn't answer. Mm-hmm. So what, what what I'm hearing is that somebody, while creating relationships with these people, was also looking forward to the more formal apologetics, which is, like, debating. I didn't really have a relationship with these people. <laughs> I'm just saying, but, like, if you're, like, if you're intentionally, like, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like, you're, it seems like you're, do, like, in that situation, it's the more formal. Yeah. I wanted to argue with them is what I wanted to okay, do. Okay, <laughs> well, just come out and say it next time then. <laughs> um, no, I, I, it was, it was, I was a younger time, and I was a little more zealous than I am now. Um, not that I have less zeal, but... I was about to say, less zealous? How is that even... <laughs> what? <laughs> but, it, I mean, it was fun for me. It was fun because I knew what questions... Because I'd gone to school for this stuff, and, mm-hmm. and I knew what questions to ask them. I knew... How to to tip them off? Uh, you know, I knew how to push their buttons, and it was it was a game to the point where they quit coming to my house, and, oh, and wow. that was kind of that was kind of the where that's I like was a, going that's, with that. That's like a win for Anthony, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> it was a win because they quit bugging us, um, but it was also you know I probably could have handled it a little bit differently than I did, mm-hmm. um, and maybe if I would have taken a more uh, friendly approach, it's entirely possible I would have had a more opportunity to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and so I look back on those those things, and I say, I don't, I haven't always gotten it right. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're two guys that have have not done it right a lot of times. We've done it wrong more than we've done it right. And yeah. so, um, don't hear condemnation ever from this podcast. But no. but just just know that that there is a there's a good way and a bad way to to carry yourself. And right. and sometimes you know, 
what you think is fun and what you think is just is just poking and prodding with people. Uh, take that as an opportunity to share the gospel, yeah. you know, instead of being that way. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I've learned. You know, I, I want to have conversations with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses now. Unfortunately, they don't come around where I, where I live now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, uh, I had the opportunity and I squandered it. Yeah. You know, so, mm. but so, when we're, so yeah, so talking about apologetics, yeah, um, like what the apologetics Peter is talking about here, not the apologetics that Anthony was doing <laughs> back in the day, um, but but we are looking for opportunities to weave the gospel story into our everyday situations, whether that's in the office or mm-hmm. at the grocery store, or out to eat, even at church, like weaving the gospel, weaving how Jesus has worked in your life into your conversations. Um, should be a goal of yours. And yeah. like I, like Anthony just said, like we don't get it right. I am terrible at talking about Jesus with people. I am not great about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a, I feel inadequate or I don't, or I don't feel like I know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm sure you've heard over the last 86 episodes, long pauses while I'm trying to string <laughs> together thoughts <laughs> Those are unedited, and I, I'm really trying to, to figure out how to articulate what I'm trying to say. Um, so, so having gospel conversations with people, even people I know very well, is a very uncomfortable thing for me. Mm-hmm. And just being honest, I'm very bad at it, and, yeah. and I know I need to do better. Um, but so, so apologetics is, is you know, looking for ways to weave gospel conversations into your everyday situations. It's also a way to um, defend why you believe what you believe, mm-hmm. very specifically. Um, something in your notes, Anthony, I reference Anthony's notes all the time because that's what we use to, <laughs> for, for our outline here. He says, he wrote, every belief system has apologists. And that means every belief system. And I wrote out to the side, that means even agnostics, yes. atheists, um, like, like Anthony talked about, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, apologists, yeah. um, any belief system you could think of, Scientologists, whatever. If they you've ha- ever been solicited by one somebody that you knew 25 years ago for some multi-level marketing scheme, you have met an apologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think apologist goes. I mean, it goes even further than belief system. But like, why do you like the the sports teams you like? Yeah. Or why do you like the food that you like? Like, I think people. I think the natural um, reaction of people is to get defensive about mm-hmm. why they are the way that they are, and you know, you're the way that you are because God made you that way. That's but right. There's no re- there's so there's not really a reason to get defensive, but there always seems to be like, oh, I have to explain myself because mm-hmm. this person I'm talking to doesn't understand why my favorite football team is garbage and <laughs> has been garbage for <laughs> 23 years. Except for that one time we went up 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl and then lost. We're talking about two different football teams. <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about a different football team. Okay. Um, so, so it's it's very you know, you are an apologist whether you know it or not, and yes. being an apologist for the right things, I think is something that we need to to come around to and and yeah. try and strive for. Yes. Yes. Um, Paul is a good example of somebody who was good at 
seizing these type of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And just go read the book of Acts, specifically the end of the book of Acts. Um, the beginning, you're not going to see a whole bunch of Paul in, until really chapter 9. But um, Paul was really good at this kind of stuff, and he always looked for opportunities to weave the gospel into a way that was understandable for the people he was trying to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where you get this idea of of uh, doing this with gentleness and respect, which is what uh, Peter focuses on here at the end of verse 15 when he says, yet do this with gentleness and respect. And I pulled this quote right here out of, a, out of one of the commentaries uh, by a guy named David Helm, and, and I think this is an appropriate quote to kind of uh, give perspective onto what verse 15 is talking about when it says, do this with gentleness and respect. It says, given the context that we have been exploring, namely faithful submission in a hostile world, it is more likely that what Peter intends is what we will have is that we will have a chance to explain why we are suffering. People will be wondering how we patiently endure the unjust decisions and treatment of those in authority over us. And when they ask, we can explain the reason for the hope that is in us. Mm. With all gentleness and respect, we can tell others that we are looking to God to raise up in his good time. As such, we don't expect to receive any better treatment than Jesus received. Mm. And, and I tell people all the time, if you actually believe the prosperity gospel or somebody that tells you that, that becoming a Christian means your life is going to be amazing— you need to go look at Jesus's life. Yeah. You know, there was definitely miracles that happened in Jesus's life, but he was a poor carpenter who was essentially homeless. Yeah. And wandered around the Middle East. You know, uh, that's, I mean, that's the, what the, he was. The miracles of Jesus were never for his own benefit. No, they, they were, were always they're, for they're, the glory of his father. Glory of his father and, and the benefit of others, which, yeah. I mean, if we think, if we look at, or if we think about what God had, what the Bible tells us about our lives, our lives are for the glory of God and anything that happens in our lives is for the glory of God and for our Mm -hmm. good. Like we may not understand why it's our good. We may be going through suffering or trials or hardships, whatever, but it's all for our good and Mm -hmm. it's all for the glory of God. Um, I, I had a weird thought about this, Maybe not weird, but the gentleness and respect thing that mm-hmm. we were talking about just now, I kept coming back to the idea of truth and love that we've been coming yeah. back to over and over again the last few weeks, especially. But like when somebody, like when you're going through something or when you're suffering and somebody asks you, how can you have joy or how can you, like, where's your hope in? Like you can tell them the truth. Like life is really hard like life life is terrible for me right now but here's here's the truth and i'm going to tell you in a loving way and not you know you've i think we've all met people who where life is really difficult for them and they're just Mm -hmm. miserable and they make everything around them miserable and then we've also met people where life is terrible and they're like yeah it's it's not great but I'm okay. God's got this. Like, yeah, like those people almost like I want to be like them, but I'm also like envious of their, of their attitude because that's something like 
that's not a mentality that everyone has, you know, that's, it's very hard to be in that place. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, being able to say like, yeah, life is, life is pretty rough, but but God's good. And I I think that's a greater testimony than any, just like, here's my full story. Yeah. Can be. Yeah. You don't have to always have been on drugs and, and, you know, recovering and, and yeah. living, you know, this wild, crazy life. And then all of a sudden you turned around. You That doesn't have to be your testimony to be powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be, man, I was a normal kid and, and could have flown, flown through life under the radar, you know, and, and nobody would have expected anything different, but God radically changed me too. Yeah. And, and so sometimes, you know, just seeing that normalcy is, mm-hmm. is a, is the best testimony to God. Yeah. So absolutely. Well, verses 16 and 17 kind of put a bow on this whole argument, uh, this whole conversation that Peter's been having. Um, and, and really and truly 16 and 17 are kind of the logical outflow. They're the logical conclusion of what Peter has put forth in verse 15 and, and all the, really the verses preceding. And so, what he tells us is that we are to repay evil with kindness, which is the opposite of what the world tells us, and we do this so that we have a good conscience. Now, mm-hmm. um, this is not—we don't repay evil with kindness to make ourselves feel better. We repay evil kindness so that we glorify God, and that is what, our, what Peter is talking about, what our conscience should be worried about. Our conscience should be worried about how we look. Mm-hmm. Our conscience should be worried about how— we are making God look, yeah, and and are we bringing glory to the God to God who saved our souls? Yeah, if you, you know? think, I mean, if you think about like Christ as our example, and again, He had every right to come as a triumphant King and rule, mm-hmm. and He's and He was this meek, humble guy, yeah, who who suffered through. Like you think of like Passion of the Christ, that doesn't even do it justice for what yeah. Jesus suffered. But yeah. like, but you go, he goes through that, and he's on the cross, hanging naked and weak and bloodied, and mm-hmm. they're mocking him. And he's God, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah. like he's on the cross, and his his thoughts are for the people that had put him there. Yeah, and so you know. In perspective, any evil we encounter doesn't even come close to what Jesus encountered. Let's just get that out of the way now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if but if Jesus can go through all that and still be interceding on behalf of the people who put him on the cross, mm-hmm. how much more can we extend kindness to the people who have done us wrong, the people who yeah. have done evil to us? Yeah. We should extend grace to the extent that we have been extended, mm-hmm. grace has been extended to us. Yep. And if you are in Christ, you can never extend enough grace to equal the amount of grace that has been extended to you. There's a so. verse in the Bible about that. <laughs> Do unto others. No. That's in, that's in, I don't Ma- rem- that's in Matthew. I don't so, remember what it is. The, the point of, of doing this, of, of repaying evil with kindness, is 
number one, to give glory to God, but knowing it, we know in the back of our mind that eventually evildoers will meet their, their, their justice. Mm-hmm. They will stand before God on judgment day. They will have to answer for the things that they've done. And so yeah. it's not our job to bring judgment on them. Um, and when I say judgment, I don't mean tell them, you know, hey, this is sin. Hey, this is not sin. It's, yeah. it's not that type of judgment. What I mean is it's not our job to exact justice on somebody else yeah. bring, as far as being judge, jury, and executioner. Right. Um, but it is our job to to show grace and love to those people with gentleness and kindness, knowing that one day they're going to meet a justice and they're going to go, dang it, that guy was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And so at the end of the day, what this tells us is as Christians, we are to do the right thing. Whatever the right thing is, we may not like it. We don't have to like it. Uh, it may go against what we what we feel like we should do because, you know, a lot of times our feelings are driven by our flesh. Yeah. And so what we can do is we can say, what does Scripture teach me to do? I'm going to do that. I'm going yeah. to do what that thing is. Yeah. And, and whatever that is, that's always the right thing to do. Yes. Even if it goes against every ounce of your, of your fleshly being. Yeah. Yeah, what you think you should do. Yeah. So... Well, there's a there's a wrap up of uh, ten through seventeen on First Peter, and we're gonna we're gonna keep diving in next week. Uh, I love verse eighteen; it's one of my favorites. So I'm gonna save it for next week. But Michael, if they want to get a hold of us on social media, where do they get a hold of us? If you would like to reach us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. You can find us on Facebook by searching uh, Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for our logo. And then you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you any beer suggestions or um, ideas for uh, future discussions on the podcast. Or if you have any questions about anything that we've discussed, we'd love to interact with you. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So until next week, keep your beer cold, keep your Bible open. And we will see you later. Peace out.